and welcome to the world according to Jackie Simmons. And today we're going to deep dive into the world according to Jean Vernick. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> All right. So here's the deal. This is a very special edition of the world according to Jackie Simmons because this one's all about kids. And for those of you who know me, you know that I am allergic, especially to teenagers. I'm allergic to children of all ages. I have raised mine. I'm that grandma, the one that doesn't go play or hang out. Um, but that's not your story, Jean. Your story is that you really are the opposite. So would you take a few minutes and first let me say thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Take a few minutes and then give us your story. What's the like in the world according to Jean? Okay, well, first of all, I'm so honored to be here and excited to be here. And I'm opposite of you. I love kids. However, I never had children. And so I think that is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it. And also I I spent not a lot of time, but in the past, I kept telling myself, I wish I knew this when I was a child. I wish I knew this when I was younger. And I was in the medical profession for many years, or a medical professional. And I worked with a lot of kids. And it, it's so interesting because it's like, if we just teach them things when they're younger, I think as we get older as adults, it makes what we go through so much easier. And one of the reasons I became a medical professional and occupational therapist was to have fun. And for many years I did. And that's also when I stopped having fun or not as much fun is one of the reasons I wanted to get out of it. And I try to look at things from a kid's perspective. It's like how much, I think of it like when you're doing anything, even the dishes which or laundry, which is not one of my favorite things, try to think of it how a kid would see it and be like, oh, this is so much fun. And even if it's not, they can make something that's what we would think, oh, this is not fun. Fun, raking the leaves, even though they may scatter more than they rake, but they turn the mundane into something really awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, the title of this is What Do Kids Need Now? But I think that's a lesson for grownups. That's a true lesson for grownups. It's like, ah, it reminds me of my favorite teacher, which is Mary Poppins. Yo, you find the fun and snap the jobs a game. So I had totally forgotten about that. What a great reminder. Okay, so now you said something that caught my attention. When a career stops being fun, when, what? Take us into a typical day that you noticed wasn't fun. Tell us a story. Wasn't fun when what the patient had to say and what I had to say as the professional weren't as important. It was dictated by profit or insurance. And that's when it became not so fun. Yeah. And also when deep within me, I felt like I wasn't using my potential. And so it got the little voice inside of me got louder and louder and louder. And unfortunately, it took me many years to discover things. However, the voice never went away. So, yeah. All right. So what was the first thing that you discovered on that list? Well, I didn't discover it right away, but I discovered it many years later to listen to that small voice in making decisions. Because a lot of times I started 
relying on other people. They would tell me something and I would check into it. But then even if I wasn't 100% sold on it because they thought it was the thing for me to do, I would go do it just because I started to not trust in myself because I thought, well, I didn't get it right the first time as being an occupational therapist and I did it for many years, but then it didn't resonate with me anymore. And so since I thought that that was, I looked at it as maybe making a wrong choice and it's not that what it is, is we evolve and I didn't mm -hmm. are evolving into consideration. And so with children, I really hope they, they learn young too that throughout life we're going to evolve. And so you may think at when you're 18 or 22, that's a young age to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. But that's okay. You can decide at that point, but know that at any age you can change your mind or do something different. The sad thing is when I was 29, the person I was dating at the time, because I knew by that time already that eh, OT just wasn't for me anymore. However, he told me I was too old and set in my way to change. And not that I believed him on some levels, I think in other levels, part of it stuck in my subconscious mind and that made it more difficult to move on too. Other people's limiting beliefs. Exactly. Become, can become our limiting beliefs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we, yeah. we absorb these beliefs through our skin when we're kids and we don't always develop discernment about, you know, is it true? And is it true for me? Because it's always true for the person who's holding the belief. Right. Exactly. And that's another thing that I really want to instill in children is why do you believe what you believe? Because someone told you. But as you get older, especially, you need to go do your own due diligence. Go look at things, explore, um, and figure out why do you believe this? And if it, is it true to you, or do you just believe it because someone else believes it, or someone else told you to believe it? And it, that resonates with me with eating. I, I get so confused. It's like, okay, what's a healthy diet? What's not a healthy diet? And what it boils down to it's each individual person can only dictate what's healthy or what healthy means to them. Yes, there we go. Okay, so that's an important clue right there. So now the real question then becomes, what is the next thing that you learned on your journey? To really listen to that small voice. And what I mean by that is for so many years, I tended to, and sometimes I still do now, I will put in a lot of hours. Why? Because it allowed me the ability to not deal with what I needed to deal with. And so <laughs> I would more, so I won't have to deal with what, you know, the things that, um, life situations. And sooner or later, those life situations blew up in my face. And that's one of the reasons I think why people be maybe Alcohol, become alcoholics or take drugs to escape instead of dealing with things. And so the thing is, deal with things as soon as they come up and really try to get a resolution. And my things I didn't deal with were deaths. And I just didn't want to, I knew they were dead, but I really didn't want to, to do the grieving process. And we really need to take time for ourselves. So really listen to that small voice. And sometimes that small voice, and I'm, not even the small voice, I'm gonna say uh, the, 
the next thing more or less I learned was listen to my younger self or my inner child, because I think sometimes we tend to suffocate it. We, we are so busy being the adult or trying to be the adult or act like the adult that we think everything has to be so serious. And no, it doesn't. Life doesn't have to be serious. It's like, yes, you have to, if you, you get a diagnosis of cancer or, or medical issue or something to deal with, yes, deal with that. And, and you're not going to say, oh, this is funny. No. But the thing is, it's like, I think sometimes we take life way too serious. And <laughs> I, there's, there's stupid things I like. I love walking in the rain. I don't like getting my feet wet, but I love walking in the rain. And it's like, when was the last time I did it? I haven't done it in a while, but something simple like that. It's like my younger self or inner child would be like, yes, let's go have fun. And that would be something she would love to do. But I'm just like, no, no, I can't do that because I got this to do. So the thing is, to, was to listen to her too. And, if I, and I would go every day and ask, okay, what what would make you happy? And so one time it was eat dessert before my meal. And I did. And it's like, and that reminded me of someone I worked with years ago when we went out to eat as a group work group, she had her dessert first. And she goes, you know why? Because I can warm up my meal at home, but I can't warm up my, my dessert. It was a piece of pie with ice cream. She couldn't warm that up at home because my ice cream would be melted. And I was like, you know, that makes perfect sense to me. So it's like, <laughs> your meal first you know regular food and then the dessert you can have the dessert first and then the meal so that's kind of what i it learned sounds like a great recipe for questioning what you believe to be true you right. know where do beliefs come from is one thing but also what we consider norms you know it's normal to have dessert last well what if you started questioning those things to say which what's more fun how do i have more fun here Sounds like right. a great, great question. Now, what made you decide to go into working with children? Because like you said, you, you said you, you don't have kids of your own. Right. You get in occupational therapy. This is like worlds apart. Yeah, coaching them. As I said, because I, I often wished when I was younger, I would have had someone that believed in me. My parents were great. And they did the best they could. But, but I look at myself as a human iguana. It's like what looks isn't always what is there. And so I think sometimes they had no idea how to deal with me. You know, I, 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 it, was, it was just growing up was interesting. And so I we're felt- gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna pause on this one just for a second. Give all parents a little bit of hope here. It is okay if you don't know how to deal necessarily or relate to or understand your kid. If you encourage your kid to find people who do get them. Right. You. Yeah. That's what it's, okay. So you decided that that's what you wanted. You wanted to be the person who could be there for kids. Even, right. it's not about they need, whether they have great parents or not. It's just that everyone could use someone who believes in them and maybe has the space to actually sort of help them figure out who they are. Right, well, and the thing is too, because they are not my children, yeah. I look at it differently. You know, I'm not there to discipline. I'm not there to tell them right and wrong. I'm not tell there to tell them what to do. I am there to listen to them, help them see options as far as 
by verbalizing, talking to them, help them come up with their own answers versus me telling them something. Yes, I want the best for them, which a parent does, and I can love them, but I, I'm neutral. I don't put my opinion in there. I may say, you know, say a story from my past just to let them know, because it's like we all, I don't want to say mistakes. We all do things that you look back and say, oh, I could have did that different. And even at this point in my life, I still do that. However, all I can do, it's not a failure. What it is, is if you learn something from it, that's what's important. <laughs> so what did you learn from being an occupational therapist? Gosh, I, I learned so much. I, I learned that there's so many wonderful people in this world. And I learned that you talk about when I was growing up, I didn't, I felt like, and even as an adult, sometimes people didn't take me for who I was. When you see a patient, especially if you go to rehab or the hospital or something like that, and they're in a hospital gown or they don't have their makeup on or their hair done or they're not shaved and they're always otherwise impeccably dressed. It's like, they're, they are more than a patient. They are a person. And so it's really to meet the person where they're at and understand them. Because I tell you, it was very interesting. Some of the patients that I would go in and meet them and, and work with them the first time and I'd leave the room and I was just like, they maybe didn't like me or there was something about them that it was just, I don't wanna say awkward, but kind of difficult because it was just, it didn't mesh well. But you know, I found that by the time I quit working with those, those were my most favorite people. And, and it's weird, I didn't need the people that were gonna do everything I wanted. I wanted the ones that were took a lot longer to crack. It's just like they got to know me, I got to know them, and there's trust build, but it was just really interesting. So it's it's not to give up on people. And sometimes- oh, That's a great lesson. And I'm just, I'm gonna give you a chance to, to um, explore some of this a little more because not to give up on people is a great, great lesson. And as you, you know, you know, I train advocates and that's one of the hallmarks of an advocate is an advocate doesn't give up on themselves and they never quit on anyone else. So that's a great thing. I'm going to pivot here for a minute because what I realized is that we promised to talk about what do kids need now. And I know you have three things that you really wanted to make sure that everybody got. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to pull us back on track here. So thank you all for bearing with me. Okay. So what are the three things? that you most want them to know? Actually, it's more than three things, but one thing is they are more than their circumstance. And what we're going through now, they may be in fear and they should not live their life in fear. I say that, however, I think a lot of us adults are living in fear and fear the unknown. And what we're going through with the coronavirus and stuff, Things are changing all the time. And for especially kids, they didn't, weren't able to go to school for the last part of last year. Yeah. And this next year, they're not gonna be back in school for a while. And so they, they needed to try, when they start to get fearful about what's going on or afraid that they're gonna get the coronavirus or anything like that, I mean, all they can do is do 
what they can to stay healthy, meaning wash their hands and- Yeah, okay, so I got that quick, but I wanna come back to this because I think you skipped over what's really important here. Yeah, the thing is- There's a natural response, especially when the adults around you are fearful and beyond the things that make sense, washing your hands and things, what is one thing they can do to pull themselves out of fear? What they can do is eat, think of something. Think of something that they are good at or something about them that people praise them for. Like they have a nice smile, they have beautiful eyes. So when they start to get into that fear mode, start to talk to themselves about that quality and keep saying it over and over again. And also talk to others because some, you don't want to have the, uh, the child spend hours talking about the fears, but let, let them know that, hey, yes, you can talk about it. And then you can put on a timer, say, I will talk about my fears for one minute. And then after that one minute, you're going to say, fear, I know you're there, but we're not going to pay attention to you anymore. And just try to go do something you love to do. If it's like to read, if it's, and unfortunately for some people, when they're maybe by themselves, an only child, or their sibling is much older, much younger, it may seem like they're an only child. They may have to rely more on reading books and you can escape through reading books. You can talk to your parents and see if you can call a friend or Skype a friend or you know Zoom, whatever you wanna do, FaceTime a friend and just connect that way. But don't spend all day thinking about those fears you give yourself permission if you want to for a minute or two, then that's it. And then brag about something you're good at or good quality or that you're a good reader or you're good at math or you, you got lots of friends or whatever, but just tell yourself what you are good at because what that does, it, it gets the fear to leave for a while. So that's very important. Awesome. Boy, that was a lot of really good information on, and this is information that's good for anyone of any age, putting a time limit on the talking about the fear. One is because that way you're not repressing the emotion, you're expressing the emotion. And with the time limit, it feels safe to express the emotion. That makes it a lot safer to do that kind of talking. That's awesome. Okay, what else you got? What's next? Let go of things. Don't live in your, don't live in the past because the past isn't going to make any difference. So let's say the child is focusing on not being able to go to school and you know, then they may be thinking about the future, not being able to go to school. But the thing is that's not going to change. So they just think about what is now and focus on the now. And this is a great time. You may say, well, I can't go to school or we can't go to the park or we can't go to the park. We can't go swimming or to the movies or whatever. But now is a great time to learn a new hobby or learn, learn to do something new that you haven't done before and, and start doing that. Most people, I can't say everybody, but most people have internet. And if you want to learn to sing, you want to learn to play the guitar, you want to learn to do anything, you can go to YouTube and figure it out. And so even a young child with, they may need adult help to learn something, but for the older kids, what a great way. It's like, what do you want to learn? Now you oh, have yeah. to do it. And it my makes grandsons are learning to cook. So cool. All right. I'm going to pause you again because I want to make sure people can keep up with you. All right. You've got such great information, Jean. So one of the things that we said coming out of fear, you can ask the question, what is it about myself that I like? Or what is one thing that other people have told me is likable about myself? Right, right. 
And when it comes to the past, ruminating about it, you can ask, what's happening now? This right. is my truth now, bringing right. them into the present moment. And for moving forward and keeping that place, what can I learn? What's the, something new that I'm interested in? What can I learn? And who can help me learn it? Because you're right, sometimes kids do need some adult intervention or you know, engagement at least to learn something new. And sometimes they can do it on their own depending on their age and what it is. So those are three really, really good ideas, Jane. And one thing, another thing, if they, if they don't know what to do or they don't want to learn anything and they want to know what to do with their time, they can draw, draw a picture and have the parents or have them send it to nursing homes, have them send it to hospitals, to the, you know, the, the professionals there, or even to servicemen. Those people are always looking for, they, they love getting letters. They love getting pictures. And just okay, now you're talking mind language. Now you're talking a life lesson. What can I do that will make a difference in a positive way for someone else? Right. And one of the great things is to draw a picture and share it with someone else, someone who's older, someone who's isolated, someone who's out on in this active duty. Yeah, you know, those are great ideas. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, not a bad idea for adults either, come to think of it. Exactly, exactly. And then another thing, and children don't worry so much about this, but the thing is you can look at what's going on and just say, okay, you don't like something. What can you do to change it? Okay, let's say you're, you don't like your, your playroom because you can't find anything. Well, this is a perfect time to make sure your toys are put where they're supposed to be put. And so even at a young age, you can look at, okay, what's kind of bothering me and what can you do to fix that? And now people have time to do that. So now people have time to do that. This is absolutely true. And a great use of the time is what can I organize? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So I'm adding that to the list. What can I learn? What can I organize? And what can you get rid of? Sometimes if you're done playing with something, you may want to save it for you for when you get older, for if you have children. Otherwise, you know what? They're going to, by the time you're older, they're going to be a lot more different toys than there are now. And so you may be able to give them to someone or to a children's hospital where they can have many other children use those toys. Yeah. Cool. So there we go. What can I learn? What can I organize? What can I share? Yes. All right. Woohoo. All right. That's quite the list. We've gone from, and, and I love the fact that they are all question based, where this is where adults can engage with their kids. They can start helping them understand that by knowing what question to ask, you can absolutely have a different experience of your day. Right. And so that's what you're talking about. This is wonderful stuff, Jean. Wonderful stuff. Okay. So before we go too far in, down another rabbit hole, because I'm really good at that, I want to make sure that people listening to the call know what you do now that you don't, that now that you've given yourself permission to be something other than the label of an occupational therapist, is you're actually a life coach for children. What ages do what ages are the most responsive to life coaching? It can be any age, but mostly probably 10 to 15 years old. And the reason I say that 10 to 16, because usually by the time they're 17, 18, they're more geared towards what 
is going on in high school and, you know, getting ready for college. Mm -hmm. And by that time too, it's, they don't like to be signaled out. And not that they're signaled out, sometimes they feel as though they are. They could benefit too, because what I- We're we're gonna call it what it is, and I'm gonna, thank you, because I know you gave me permission to interrupt you before we got on camera. Because here's the deal, older teens, are very opinionated. Yeah. And unless it's their idea, they're <laughs> not going to be easy to prompt. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Got it. But yeah. I have developed a program, a 16-week program that covers many different things. And that is geared more towards the 16, 15, 14 to 18, 22-year-olds. And I don't want to group 19, 20, 21, 22-year-olds as children, but... They can the, their prefrontal cortex is not fully developed. As far as I'm concerned, if, guys, yo, everybody out listening to this, if you are 25 years of age or older, your brain is fully, supposedly, fully developed and fully functional. I'm not sure mine actually came online until I was double that, but that's me. The, when you're under 25, you are actually not dealing with the full deck. Literally, the the part of your brain that reasons is not fully developed at that age in most people. Now, granted, these are broad brush statements. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying that there's anything wrong with you. What we're saying is that this is still in growth of your prefrontal cortex, of your reasoning center. And so this is a great time to be learning your life skills. That doesn't mean you can't learn them later because I did. It's just easier when you're younger. It's so easy. Cool. You save a lot of time. I spent probably, well, I spent the last over 20 years learning about personal development. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stuff I could have, if I learned as a teenager, I wouldn't have had to take so long to learn it. But yeah. me, as an occupational therapist, and this is another reason I wanted to get out of it, because we were in our heads so much, always thinking, always looking, always trying to figure things out. And after a while, I was like, I want to get out of my head. And I love neuroscience, but I just want to get out of my head. I want to come from the heart. And as a coach, you come from the heart. And so that's another reason I wanted to get out of it and go into coaching. But for the little kids, I am starting up a YouTube Channel, hopefully in August. Sometime I, I'm pushing it more towards Got the it. But there's, it, a, there's a YouTube channel coming without a date. That's fine because we don't know when they're going to be listening to this. So right. there's a YouTube channel coming geared towards kids, and the name of the channel right now, the working title? It's Treehouse Talks with Mama Jean. And that's geared more towards yeah, five to seven year olds. And that just teaches, man, it's going to be teaching manners. It's going to be. I'm, I want to say move over, Mr. Rogers, because here I come. Because <laughs> how he taught things or how he did things. Because I think if you teach it to young kids, then they can take those skills and use them all through life. And Oh, absolutely. And so I'm going to slow it down so people can actually catch this language. It's Treehouse Talks. Yeah. which is a really cool name. I love it. Treehouse Talk. So I can see up in a tree, everybody just sort of gathered around hanging out, which is what we used to do as kids. Sometimes we don't do enough of it as kids, and we certainly don't do enough of it as adults. So Treehouse Talks with Mama Jean, you can start looking for it, see if it shows up for you when you Google it. And that's awesome. 
And I know that you have just made such a generous offer. If someone wants to have a conversation with Jean, I'm just going to put it out there. If you want to know more about what it's like to coach, to have a coach for a kid, more about just these life skills, you can check her out. She has an offer on her website where you can get a chance to chat. And, and it's hard for me to call you Mama Jean because you are so much younger than I am. But we're going to call it that. If you, you know, so it's lifetutoringwithgene.com and that link will be in the show notes. Life, L-I-F-E, tutoring, T-U-T-O-R-I-N-G, with Jean, J-E-A-N. So life tutoringwithgene.com and that's where they can go to get more information and also to take advantage of your most generous offer of spending some time getting to know you. And so the YouTube channel is geared towards really younger kids and you have a 16-week program for high schoolers. What you got for the kids in the middle? What do they need? Well, you know, the thing is, I'm going to be starting a podcast soon. I had something before, but I'm changing it, but I'm going to do a podcast, and that's going to be geared towards, it can be anybody of any age, but it's just going to be teaching different things, having people come on, talking about different things, and then having kids come on, and those kids. Oh, cool. An opportunity for kids to be interviewed on a podcast. What a great yes. life skill. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, so the age group for that is? That's going to be... I'm going to vary from week to week. Sometimes we may yeah. go younger children, but it's going to be geared more towards like eight to probably eight to 14, 15, 16. Yeah. Got it. We're going, we're going to call it eight to 16 because those are numbers I can manage. Thank you. And it's um, have the same title, Treehouse Talks with Mama Jean. I figure make it simple, make them both the same. Yeah. There we go. All right. So same name, Treehouse Talks with Mama Jean. Be looking for that. And when you go to her website, you'll see updates on that. There'll be launch dates on that. And we'll do a follow-up when you're ready to launch. Would you come back on the podcast oh, so that people know? Yeah, let's plan on that, okay? Because I know that we're, you're going to be part of one of the summits that's coming up. But in the meantime, people can check out your website, Life Tutoring with Jean. They can find out when these things are launching, the podcast where kids can actually be interviewed. And the YouTube channel for the younger kids, Treehouse Talks with Baba Jean. Ah, Jean, you've just been delightful. Thank you so much for making this time to come on the show. I thank really appreciate it. Ah, thank you. And thank your audience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got the greatest people. There is no doubt. So we have been spending time in the world according to Jean Vernick. And the journey of what kids need now is actually the story of what we need now. To go back to looking at life through the eyes of a child with better skills. So teach them when they're young, they won't need to ever depart from it. Time-honored wisdom. And if you're like me, still trying to grow up, these are great questions to take with you. So Jean, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us. And we appreciate you a great deal. Thank you. Thank you so much.